0: You're listening to episode four of the Empath Podcast. Of the empath podcast. I'm your host, Robin, from the Diary of an a site devoted to helping empaths like me understand their abilities, set strong boundaries, and find and live their calling. And this episode is actually a continuation of episode three, so I encourage you to go back and listen to that one first. But what this is essentially is because I work with empaths who are looking to find and live their calling and a lot of our callings as empaths don't fit into the normal mainstream structures and institutions so for me with my work I though I'm a social worker what I teach on in terms of energetics and empaths I can't necessarily teach on within the scope of social work and so I've had to create my own path I have had to create my own business to earn from my skill set so I've been pulled into the realm of teaching other empaths how to show up, package an offer, market themselves, and just sell authentically, and how to maneuver and navigate a lot of the more dense energy of the business world while staying soft and staying their true, sensitive, authentic selves. So I've... I've just geared my work, veered, would <laughs> be a better word. Like, I, I didn't plan for this to be my work, but I'm here and I'm doing it, and it's very much aligned. But a big part of being a support for empaths thinking about business or knowing they have to show up and sell themselves is to make the business world transparent. So, the past couple of weeks, I put up a free workshop. You can find it at thediaryofanempath.comslash empaths in dash business and it walks people through my journey of becoming an entrepreneur my many ups and downs my many lessons as well as takes them in behind the scenes of how I actually structure my business as an intuitive and the sales funnel I use and what I do every day as a business owner where I chop off the things that aren't necessary like the unnecessary busy work and really streamline the process because if you're an empath you know that you don't always have the energy. So I created that workshop and then after the workshop, I did some Q&As, but the Q&As are filled with gold and really important moments of wisdom, I feel, for the empath community in general. So I wanted to put them on my podcast. So whether or not you're an empath in business, an empath thinking about business, or just an empath curious about how another empath might run her business, or you're just looking for some tools and tips on your journey regardless of if business has ever even crossed your mind that's what this episode is but definitely go back and watch or listen to the first one as it's a a series so there's going to be three so if you listen to the first one you know that towards the end my spirit just cut me off and it said okay like chop you're you're going to just end here and you're going to come back later and do another round I didn't really know why that was happening I was just listening to my gut because the gut always knows if you listen to your intuitive pulls, they always know even if they don't make logical sense and so I did it I cut it off and I disappeared for a few days just to retreat and as I'm coming back to my doc at 111 to continue on with this I realized that the next question is so perfectly aligned because it It says, What have you found that works best to honor your need for rest while doing the work you love and supporting yourself with your business? And it really is about listening to my pulls. As an empath in business, we're in our our own game. Like we're creating a whole new game, a whole new way of doing this coming from the feminine space. And the feminine space is a space that listens to her intuition. She doesn't just plow ahead she has things that she has to do and she's responsible and she's disciplined but her intuition comes first and so for me having to cut off and come back to this I'm showing through being which is how my spirit likes to do this that it's important to listen to your intuition and it's okay to listen to your intuition and it's okay to flow and it's okay to break the rules, be rebellious. I know for me, it doesn't affect my business. Like if I have to disappear for a couple days, I don't think that's a bad thing. I see that as self-honoring and I see that as part of my messaging and therefore it doesn't affect how people perceive me or how people pay or don't pay me. I know there's a lot of myths out there. And this all loops into this conversation because there's a lot of myths out there around what it means to be up or like be in front of an audience and support an audience and be an entrepreneur. But we have to realize we make the rules and it's only when we feel confident within ourselves that other people are going to feel confident in us and what we do. So from a traditional model, me saying, oh, by the way, I'm just going to cut off these Q&As and like peace, you know, would have been something that people look down upon but my people the true people I'm here to support they get it and I get it and therefore it doesn't affect my business so I wanted to put that out there mainly because I know so many of us are trapped in that cycle of trying to be empaths in the business world where we've got to flip it back and be empaths who have businesses who are calling the business world to us so back to the question how do I honor my need for rest I listen to myself and I, I know what works for me and I know what doesn't I know I work in like spurts so I I know I'm at my best when I can show up show up show up show up show up and then disappear for a little bit show up show up show up, show up, show up and then disappear a little bit so it works for me to have things like launches but launches don't work for everyone some people have a, a very grounded energy who can be present all of the time and be that supportive figure all of the time and that would require a business that allows them to be that way. I don't work with clients for long periods of time unless there's someone who really really jive with me because I just know that I'm I'm much better in in short little spurts getting people started. So knowing that about myself and knowing that I am going to show up and I'm going to show up and I'm going to show up, but then I'm going to need to backtrack and take some time to myself. The next question is, I'm still trying to find motivation and energy to show up for myself and my projects every day and focus on them longer without giving into distractions and then losing interest. Do you have any tips on how to become a more focused entrepreneur and how to focus on what really matters and discard the rest? Yes, have a system. The reason I teach the sales funnel that I teach, which is content lead offer and make such a big deal about getting that, you know, strong in your business is because that gives you automatic focus. For me, when I sit down at my computer, I know what I'm working towards based on that funnel and based on that funnel within the sense of like a launch. So what I'm in right now, I know that I'm working towards getting people into my course, but also in the grander, like, annual scheme of things, I know when I have launches, when I have different funnels active, and I, I can focus on those things. So it's not like I'm just kind of swimming out in the middle of the ocean with no direction. My sales funnel gives me natural direction. So that's step one. Step two, or another part of this, is to get the book. I think it's called Outwitting the Devil. And I think it's by Napoleon Hill. I read it in summer 2018 and it was so helpful to me because I, I started to understand how the devil in quotations is our thoughts that tell us that it's more important to do the dishes and to finish our sales page and our thoughts that tell us it's it's better to eat the chocolate bar than to have the green, green smoothie when the green smoothie is going to allow us to have the energy to write the sales page so it really helped me understand all the ways that I can be distracted in my life and I can put myself and my true dreams on the back burner because my true dreams isn't what the devil and the devil's in quotations it's like you'll have to read the book or listen to it on audible to understand but it's the devil in quotations doesn't want me to reach my goal because my goal would be to succeed. So get that book, but yeah, also take time, take, the reason I take people through six weeks to really ground an offer is because once you are done that, once, once you are done your offer and your funnel and you have everything, then you can play. Then you can be very intuitive and get people to your business in a very intuitive, creative way by you know, being on podcasts or or however it is you want to show up in the world, create videos, but unless you know where you're funneling people to and why you're creating content in the first place, you're going to forever feel scattered and, and unfocused okay the next question i struggle with knowing the difference between divine timing and procrastination i feel like most of the time my procrastination has worked out for me even though i could be miles ahead if i pushed myself through and worked harder and miles is capitalized (laughs) um do you know your mars placement so in your birth chart to go find your mars placement your mars to me and how i perceive it it's it's about your action like mars is that action planet and if you're in more of like a watery placement like pisces then trust that you are your way for a reason if you have more fire energy as a mars placement you, you're probably more of a go-getter in the sense of you take more action and you charge forward more But there's something about whoever asked this specific question, there's something about honoring who you are and and challenging the beliefs that you're supposed to be on some kind of timeline. Because the only timeline you need to be on is your own. And I caution myself saying that because the feminine can give their power away to things like divine timing when it really is procrastination. But there is something about whoever asked this question that I want you to look into your birth chart. I think in general too, since I'm speaking to a highly feminine collective or her community of people who will be listening to this, we are meant to flow more. Like we are, are meant to be in that natural flowing energy. So clearing out the beliefs that you have to work really hard for things and you have to show up all the time for things is a big part of this journey because you you don't you have to show up and be strategic about things but you don't have to to work hard for things Uh, it doesn't really work for us to work hard because we are that magnetic energy but we do have to work strategically and that's somewhat of the missing link when it comes to being an empath in business and something else that has helped me around this divine timing versus procrastination thing is to to be brutally honest with yourself about what you're afraid of when something is in divine timing it feels like flow it feels good when you're procrastinating you have that nagging feeling in the back of your head like i should be doing this i should be doing this i should be doing this and so for me personally and this i teach this as well but if you know your chiron placement Then you know your deepest wounds and you know how you self-sabotage. You're gonna be able to see your patterns. So mine's in Leo. Leo's all about self-worth. So when something is going to really affect my self-worth. An example, I remember when I kept getting the nudge to start my email list, and I didn't want to because I didn't want to send emails because I didn't want to be rejected i was i kept putting it off like oh it's not time yet it's not time yet it's not time yet but really i was just trying to avoid the pain of rejection because that's my deepest wound it's that self-worth wound so if your wound is chiron and gemini it's all around expression so you're not going to show up and start your meditation album because that would be too too vulnerable in the realm of expressing yourself so catching yourself on that on your deepest wounds and just making sure you're not holding yourself back because of them has really helped and again that's big teachings that's a big part of my teachings um the next question is have any tips for alchemizing a motherload of ideas? Specifically how to stay aligned with your business plans, mission, and brand when you're sprouting new ideas constantly. <laughs> yes, so this one really affected me at first because like as empaths, we are very receptive. So when anyone around us, when we start to build up a community, whether that be five people, ten people, twenty people, a hundred people, a thousand people. 5,000 people we naturally align with their energy and this is actually something I've created created a module for it in my course because I I just had this aha but when you think about something like a tagline if you're in business and you have a tagline so something I say right now is I help empaths like me understand their abilities set strong boundaries and find and live their calling because our word is wand, my tagline then becomes what my reality becomes. So my life becomes helping empaths like me understand their ability, set strong boundaries and find and live their calling. So I'm constantly going to be drawing to me resources and ideas and, and concepts and downloads for my community, for the empaths like me who need boundaries, who need to step into their calling and so you you more than anything you become your work and so you person who's asking this question but also anyone listening it's really important to be clear on what is your tagline like what are you saying you are because that's going to be what dictates what comes into your reality so that's part of this question the other bit that I want to talk about is the different Bodies we have. So we have our emotional body, we have our mental body, we have our physical body, we have our spirit self, our spiritual body. And there's different theories on how many bodies. I go by that one, the four different bodies. And ideas are of the mental plane. So when you're getting ideas, if if you're someone who's predominantly clear cognizant, which most people drawn to to business are, because you need to have that skill set to be in business, the, uh, the analytical skill set, whether it's heightened in you or not. Like there's a part of you that's drawn to this for a reason. But when you are claircognizant, you receive information as thought forms. So you're going to just receive thought forms all the time, whether they're your thought forms or someone else's thought forms, an old client's thought forms, a community member's thought forms, your mom's thought forms. So your dad's thought forms, like you're constantly receiving thought forms. And so we talk a lot within empath circles of protecting your energy. But we usually come at it from a space of protecting your clairsentient energy, so your clear feeling energy. But if you're someone who's clear cognizant, you need to protect your mental plane. So you need to become very aware of when a thought is aligned with you or not, which again is why it's so important to have your sales funnel all figured out, all grounded, so that you know. Like for me, if I got a thought right now to to create a quiz for the different Claire types, that's not super relevant to Empaths and business. So I know that yes, someone in my community might need it, but it's not in alignment with what I need to be doing right now. When I'm in a season for launching the Empowered Empath, that might be something that's aligned with that because I teach that. I teach how you receive your energy in that course. So being on track with yourself every morning, waking up and reminding yourself what you're actually working towards will help you be quicker at noticing which thoughts are and are not for you. And at the end of that question, she said, my fairy energy needs a playful container. <laughs> And again, that's why I love the sales funnel I teach because it's it's content, lead, offer. Lead and offer are very grounded. Content you can flutter. You can read a book and relate it to your lead magnet and get people in that way. So you can share the book on social media and be like, oh and by the way, I covered this topic in this. Bam, people are in your lead magnet, and then they're gonna be funneled through to your offering. Or you can go on a trip and document something about the trip. Maybe you go to a spiritual site and same thing. You, you find a way to manipulate in the best way. The feminine energy manipulates. Think about law of attraction or, or co-creation. We can manipulate energy. But we can manipulate things like our lives, what we're doing. And manipulate feels like the wrong word for this conversation. But you guys get it. I think I'm using it for visual. But you can manipulate the content so that it's always leading back to your lead magnet to your offering. And then as your business grows to your other lead magnets, that's how you get to just be yourself and sell authentically. So yes, you can play, be that very playful playful being, but do it in a strategic way so you know that while you're playing, you can also use that playtime to funnel people into your groundedness, which is your lead and your core offer. The next question, any suggestions on how to gain clarity on what exactly to build a business around? I'm a star seed and I understand my mission, but I struggle to make it a legitimate business that I could earn money from or what services I could actually offer. So what comes to mind with this is again, it's like the reversal, the role reversal. We're not putting ourselves into business, the business world, we are calling the business world to us. So we are figuring out what are we good at, and then we're going out and doing the market research, seeing what do people need. So with empaths, a lot of the time it's taking like the depths, the oceans, the, the I want to change the world energy, and bringing it up to surface level to be like, okay, but what are people looking for and willing to invest in? So people, I use this example with clients a lot, people don't really care to heal their wounds unless you're you're someone who's who's really into that people would care for something more surface level so let's just use my business for example people having a business the reason people will come to having a business is because to come to me to teach them how to have a business is because they want money. Like money is a tangible thing that we can all kind of talk about surface level, like money, you need money. You don't want to be in your job, but you need your business to work. So you need someone who can sell you a system to make money, right? That is a very important part of this. And that is what I do. But my work is so much deeper than that. My work as a way show if you want to use that word I don't really resonate with star seed or light worker or anything but but my big mission work isn't necessarily to get empaths in business it's what's deeper than that it's grounding us it's getting us to the table to the conversation it's getting us money in our pockets it's getting us empowered and the money in our pocket is the empowered it's like putting us up to the level we need to be at to be change makers but I have to take that depth and say, okay, but people aren't going to buy that, right? Because we're so conditioned. We live in a 3D world that's so conditioned around these ideas. And no matter how awake you are, you're still drawn to that conditioning. So you're drawn to the money as opposed to being drawn to my bigger mission. And and so there is an art to marketing and grounding the big mission into something that's actually sellable, marketable, and we cover that in Empaths and Business. Okay, the next question is: I heard from other business from another business coach, that you need to start before you're ready, and I get it. That will, and I get that we'll never be a hundred percent ready, but I also know how alignment is so important to us Empaths, and our alignment and feeling ready the same thing. No. <laughs> we are never ready for our next up level never ready like if i if i really stop and being very transparent with you if i stop and think about everything that i have done i still don't feel ready for it i don't feel ready to lead a bunch of people through my course i didn't feel ready to take on my first client i still don't feel ready i didn't feel ready to start global conversation about energy on the internet I still don't feel ready when I sit down and I'm human for a moment I'm like whoa you did that the thing is my spirit's ready and my spirit is pulling me and my spirit is pushing me in a lot of ways dragging me sometimes and that's what I listen to that's what I give voice to I don't give voice to the human shell of me who's so conditioned to be afraid of everything. I give voice to the, the extremely powerful spirit within me. She's leading the show. She's ready. She knows what to do. She's done this before. She's trained lifetimes for this. And so when I'm in alignment, all of these things are in alignment. I have the skills to do all of these things. I have the knowledge to do all of these things but I'm not ready. So they're not the same thing. And I really challenge you to ask yourself, who are you listening to? Um, Next question. I have a crystal clear vision on what I'm supposed to be doing. Then I ask the universe for support and it comes and as I'm creating, I'm always pushing through emotional blocks and heavy energy. Is this normal? It's kind of getting exhausting. Any tips to push through? So yes, it's normal. We are paving new paths. We are doing what's never been done before. And to pave those paths, we are cutting through so much conditioning, so much fear. Just starting a website as an example, that alone, the idea of putting your voice out there is tremendous work. That takes so much effort because we're taught from a very young age, if we want to talk about programming or even if we don't want to get you know like that and just say we're taught just as a society to to not stand out like if you think about primary school you had to raise your hand to speak and then you could only speak when you were given permission to speak and I don't know if schools have changed I know there are some teachers in my community so maybe you can let me know but it's very much ingrained in us that you don't you don't speak out of place so the fact that you're you're creating something on the internet a website to share your thoughts that's going against everything you've learned from the time you first sat down in school at 5 years old or before that at preschool at 3 4 however old you were when you started going to school so that's just starting a website and then what about charging how much is out there that tells us collectively that it's wrong to charge for gifts that you should be a kind person and care for people and give your time away like if we're not even talking energetic labor if we're talking emotional labor women are not respected for the amount of emotional labor we do just existing as women we understand hard work we understand physical labor that's been paid for and celebrated within the patriarchy like the masculine side of things the wounded masculine and so you know we can put a gold sticker on ourselves for that but a lot of our work as empaths isn't physical i was talking with a client and i and i was saying she she was like i I feel scattered or like I feel confused, I feel unsure of what I'm doing right now. And I said, that's a good thing. Sit in that, play in that, be in that. Because by the time you get that idea, when the time is right for you to get that idea, that's when you act. Because she was coming from this space of do, 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 do all the time, but none of that doing was aligned. And so our work together was me getting her back into the feminine energy into the flow energy so that she can just be in that messiness and then get the right idea then take action on it that's how you get ahead that's how you stop circling and so a lot of our work is like in that messy feminine unsure place but we don't consider that work like you're talking about in this question the emotional blocks the heavy energy that's all work so you have to celebrate yourself and you have to say that's just as much hard work as something like building something with your hands like physical labor doing construction work and so it's normal it's just you're not celebrating it within yourself you're not seeing that that's your work I a big shift in me was when I really started to understand light codes and I teach these in my courses and we teach this pretty heavily in Mpath and business around self-worth because I realized that just Sharing my eyes on Instagram shares my codes and that's work. It's not work that we've come to respect yet, but if I think about all of the healing I've had to do to get to the place right now where I can look in the camera and I can show you my eyes and I'm showing my empowered eyes, I'm coming from a place that's very strong, very empowered, very steady, and I'm sharing that energy with you that work with your question it's like is this exhausting the exhaustion begins to leave when you recognize that it's all work like when you celebrate yourself for the days that feel overwhelming that you're like wow Robin you are an incredible person that you just got through that day that that you felt that persecution wound so strongly and you didn't let it break you you are so incredible as opposed to wow Robin you really suck like I can't believe you didn't get that podcast up today like who who are you like you're supposed to have a community and lead a community but you're not doing the work you know that's a heavy judgmental energy and that's exhausting to deal with that's exhausting. So whoever's asking this question, I hope there's something for you in that. I know my answer was a bit of a free flow, but it is very much about, yes, it's normal. You're going to hit emotional blocks and heavy energy because that's what you're good at. You're an empath. Celebrate that and charge for that, especially if it relates to clients. But charge for it as well in the sense of if you're creating content and you're doing a lot of heavy lifting in terms of energy and emotions put a donation button at the bottom of your work like start to get into the energy of this work the heavy energetic work that it takes to show up and be a way shower be a light worker be a humanitarian be an advocate is just as valuable as the physical work um next question what are the downsides to having a business as an empath So I like this question because it's very easy to talk about all the great things. Like, you know, I get to live my days how I want. I get to to share my gifts and abilities. I get to be who I really am. Freedom. I can get on a plane tomorrow and go wherever I want in the world. Although I would struggle with that because I struggle with planes. I'm getting over it right now. But that's work, right? I'm healing a wound there. Um... But, you know, we can really like soup up all this really great stuff. But I'm a, a practical person, a realist. So I need to be honest and say the hardest thing about having a business as an empath is that you're merging two worlds. You're merging the masculine and the feminine. You're bringing your skill set to a place that it's it hasn't been before. And a lot of empaths will lose themselves in that. They will become too masculine and they're gonna then they lose that feminine energy or vice versa they're so feminine that they can't show up in a business so it's this this balancing act you're constantly balancing like for me it's doing what i call the like the spiritual warfare of all of this like i am on a twin flame journey so i have all of that going on and, and just everything that comes with being an empath and being very sensitive and, and being on the forefront of, if you want to call it the ascension, then going to have to file my taxes or doing something like checking in on clients and really feeling their energy and what they're needing. And then having to fight with my website host, like to, I'm on Squarespace, on Squarespace to get something to work for me so it's like this constant thing it's you're not always in the same state in a business you have to flow between the two of them and that's again it's a balancing act and that can be really hard for me and for a lot of empaths until you know how to balance that because on days where I wake up because the energy is too much I can't not show up to my business I am paying people to help me with certain tasks but I have to be the one to give them the tasks. So, I can't just lay in bed with a blanket over my head and say, not today world. It's like, no, you need your tools, you need to show up, you need to put your tools into action to show up, and you need to go be the boss that you are. And it is a balancing act because I feel everything so deeply, but I'm also I carry a lot of responsibility. So that's what I would say to be one of the biggest downsides. Um, And then overall, just like a lot of the conditioning around money and spirituality and charging for your gifts. Like I come up to that resistance a lot, not so much now, but especially when I was starting, it was just really difficult to be noticed in the world for what I did because I wasn't willing to sacrifice who I am to sell. So I understood that I needed to sell myself, but there were some very real parts of me that I wasn't going to give away to the system. So figuring out how to navigate that and how to be authentic in a world, a sales world, that's the opposite of authentic. Sales in general is to, to, to market and to mask and only show the one side of things, but I, I can't do that. That's not my spirit's truth. My spirit's truth is to share the huge wins and then like the deep falls and people will say like the deep falls don't sell and so I had to do a lot of work around convincing myself that I was more sellable because I was sharing so honestly about the more shadowy side of things because it's easy and I know I could do it and I tell clients this all the time I'm like a wizard with my words like I can do up a sales page and convince someone of anything that's part of my skill set because i i need to be influential i need to be convincing so i could sell anything and i know that and i've always known that but what's important to my spirit in this lifetime and my growth is to be authentic all the time to be really real with people so i i don't put on that fancy mask and be like oh here's I don't know. Here's my course and I'm going to fix all of your problems and everything's going to be really great. I don't. I have to say, here's the course. I'm giving you the content. I'm going to show up for you, but you're going to do the work. It's going to be a lot, but it's going to be worth it because I'm living proof of it. And so a lot of the world's conditioned around the shiny object, you know, like going to the thing that promises the most. And so I have to trust as an empath in business that the people who are buying from me, get the depths of my work, get the depth of my ability, get the depth of who I am, and see past the, the falsity of a lot of what's out there to see the truth of who's really here to serve them. And so that came with trusting trusting myself and learning to trust my community to to trust me, even if I wasn't going to just show up and give them what they wanted to hear so that has been pretty tough um but i i do feel like i've figured out it i figured it out and i've cracked the system and again that's why i teach the funnel i teach um the next question why do empaths put limiting beliefs on themselves that hold them back from achieving their version of success and how can we overcome this um two things are coming to mind. One, I don't know if empaths put limiting beliefs on themselves that hold them back or empaths are receptive to a lot of limiting beliefs because we are receptive beings. We're constantly taking on the world around us and for things like becoming an entrepreneur, how much out there tells you that entrepreneurs fail? Most of the world. (laughs) Like I know when I was starting my business everyone around me told me that that wasn't smart, that I needed a stable social work job, that I was crazy for wanting to do what I wanted to do. And even if they weren't verbally saying it to me, although a lot of people were, I was just picking up on it because of their belief systems, because I am very receptive and so are you. So I could be sitting there at dinner you know, minding my own business and having all of their judgment come at me and believe that. So I don't think we put it on ourselves as much as we pick it up from like the general society, the general, the world we live in. Um. But again, the best thing is like boundaries, boundaries with your thoughts, boundaries with your energy, and constantly coming back to what you're working towards. And being quick to call yourself out for living beliefs. Like, I will call myself out. I'm not perfect in any sense of the word. Like, I'm still struggling to get on a plane. It's been a year. <laughs> and I'm supposed to get on one in a few days. And I might fail at that. I, I hope I don't, but I might. And so I have a lot of limiting beliefs around that, around my ability to get on a plane. But I'm every day showing up to face it and I'm quick to tell myself you know Robin this is a limiting belief your your belief that you don't want to go right now like last minute you want to change your plans well that's just a limiting belief and so being very self-honest being very blunt with yourself around what's really going on and not trying to make excuses for yourself really helps and then finding tools that work so for me in the plane The tools I'm using is I'm surrounding myself with a lot of fearless people, people who find flying a breeze. I want to be in that energy. So that's helping me with that. But there's a lot of techniques. You can look up NLP techniques. You can work with someone who does NLP. You can do hypnosis. You can create affirmations and listen to them, put them on your phone, put them on your walls. There's so many tools to hack the subconscious mind. Okay, the next question, how did you navigate your transition from working in the system, social work, to running your own business for empaths? And what fears did you have and did you have an exit plan? I didn't have an exit plan. I jumped before I was ready, which is why I did that course or that workshop for you guys, my free Let's Talk Business workshop, because I wanted you to see the journey. I wanted you to see how... You know, leaping without strategy, without knowing what I was leaping into was not the most wise idea. I'm very grateful for it. I know I'm a leader. I know I'm a life path one. And I know I got to make my mistakes out loud so the people behind me don't make them the same way. And so I'm very grateful for the journey. But in hindsight, if my spirit was to do it again, she might think a little bit more before she just abandons everything i i say like if you cannot stand your job if you can't stand like i couldn't stand another moment in that job i was in it was very emotionally abusive and i don't use that word often like i, I very rarely talk about like narcissism and and impasse and, and being a victim to anything but i was in a very narcissistic environment and i was dealing with people who who had a lot of wounds And so I was very burnt out, like in that job, I became a shell of myself and people around me noticed it. They said, you're not the same girl who walked in here a few months ago. And I wasn't. That job completely burnt me out. I had to get out of it. But what I would have done, so I wouldn't have changed that. I wouldn't have changed the fact that I left that job. That was putting up boundaries and saying, I can't be treated this way I don't deserve to be treated this way but what I would have done differently is get a part-time job in a space that allowed me to build up a skill set that I needed for what I was building so when everything hit the fan you know from the workshop I applied to some sales jobs sales jobs were not for me I had never sold anything in my life it's just my spirit knew I was going to need to learn to sell I need to get into that energy And I didn't end up taking them because I went all in on my business. But if I had to go back from when I left social work to when I started my business, I would have taken a, like a, I want to say like an intermedium, is that the word? Job, a middle job. My ego would have been hit. My ego would have been like, you have a degree, like why are you doing this? But my spirit would have been happy but that's just from my own personal experience. You've got to listen to your gut. You got to listen to what's right for you. But what I will say, and this leads into this next question, it's all about did you have a lot of savings before a part-time job or a part-time job? I had savings, but I didn't realize how expensive it is to start a business. And it is. If you want to grow you need to invest in yourself and that's not just a marketing scheme because I I have a course I want you to invest in it's the real truth like I've hired coaches I've spent uh, like tens of thousands of dollars to grow my business to understand business I am constantly investing in myself but at the beginning because I, I left my job and I didn't have a backup plan I didn't have any money to do that and so It took me a lot longer and it was a lot more painful. So, I I do tell people that I'm like, you're gonna need to invest in yourself and not just like with coaching and learning from people who've been there and done that. It's things like the website hosting. My videos are hosted. They cost me, the platforms I'm currently using cost me like a hundred bucks a month just so people can watch my free courses. Like, it costs to serve. Which is why we have to <laughs> receive and take money. Uh, but, you know, website hosting, video hosting, uh, my convert kit, every email address I have costs me money. So there's all of these costs in- involved in showing up for your purpose or your mission and yours will be different or they they could be the same if you're doing something similar to me but the fact is you're going to have costs whether it's branding costs whether that's like strategy costs whether that's courses like you can't come into a business with nothing and yes you can get funding through banks you can get funding there's a lot of programs out there for grants for women in in business entrepreneurial women So you can look into those things, money can come to you in an abundance of ways, but looking back on it, I just wish my spirit had taken something that would have progressed my skills while also giving me that financial resting place. And again, this is something else that's coming to mind. I'm sorry for, no, I'm not sorry, (laughs) but I, I, I recognize that I'm free flowing here to make money you need to come from an energy of having money that's law of attraction 101 so if you're going into a business fearful of losing your money or fearful of not having money cuz you just spontaneously quit your security you're putting hurdles in front of your path you can just think of it like if if you had no money coming in you're putting a pressure on yourself it's very hyped up in these circles of like life purpose to, you know it's just leap and i do advocate for leaping but do it strategically because you you want to be in an energy of abundance and it's a lot easier to be in an energy of, an, of abundance when you actually have abundance around you um another question is were you in the spiritual closet before starting your business and how did you get rid of the fear of judgment? So I was not in the spiritual closet when I started my business because I had already been writing in my blog. So I was already talking about things like the chakras and seeing ghosts and being curious about the fae. And I think I even put a post on aliens, ETs. (laughs) So no, I wasn't in the spiritual closet. But that didn't mean I didn't have fear of judgment. I've had fear of judgment. I, I still play in those fear energies sometimes like showing up for my podcast I have fears around that I I'm very aware that to to speak is to take off another veil like to take off another layer of of inauthenticity to write I can be very strategic in what I say and yes I free flow on Instagram and I free flow and I share from my heart on email and everything but there's always that like layer. It's more of a dent, it's a denser way of communicating. To speak like with your vocal cords is a much more intimate way of communicating. And so I recognize that there's gonna be more spaces for me to trigger people and me to to share more about who I am and have people react to that. And so I'm still working through the judgment. But what really helps is to look up your Chiron, your wounding. You can go get your free natal chart on Cafe Astrology and figure out where your wounding is and then use that to to see is that why you're afraid you might have a Chiron in Gemini, like the throat chakra, the silencing. Uh, Or like in Leo, which is all about being rejected for who you really are, the self-worth, wounds. But just knowing that and knowing that it's normal to have fears. Like you can show up regardless of the fears. There's a lot out there that says you got to get rid of the fears altogether, but there's another side, another perspective, and that's that the fears never really go away. You just become better at dealing with them. And again, I I teach this and I tell people this, my clients this, it's like, whether or not you succeed isn't based on things like fears it's based on what tools do you have in your toolkit for when you do get fear for when someone's coming at me because I said something that goes against something that they hold really dear do I let that debilitate me or do I use that as a pivot point to become even stronger in myself to become even stronger in my message or do I use it as a moment to extend an olive branch and be like, hey, brother, you know, hey, sister, hey, hey, fellow human. I wonder where we share similarities here. Knowing that I have those skills and like I, I can be that mediator and I can hold myself steady if someone doesn't agree with me, those are what's valuable. Those are what allow me to be so vulnerable on the internet. So build up your toolkit. Start with your Chiron placement. Go to Cafe Astrology and know that it is so normal to fear coming out of the spiritual closet because the spiritual closet represents the feminine energy and the feminine energy has been persecuted for centuries. I could go list and list and list of the ways we've been hanged. We've been wrapped around rocks, barrels, thrown in the rivers. The ways we've... I'm getting really emotional the ways we um, have have gone to jail for things, for just wanting to help and share a message. I'm getting so emotional. So whoever asked this question definitely carries some of that persecution wound. Um, but we have to recognize that and we have to recognize that we're going to show up and we're going to be scared because the last time we did it, we, we got killed. Or we we had our loved ones killed. We had our babies killed. We had our partners killed. Even if it's not us specifically, we, we're tapped into the collective network, you know, of energy. We feel that of the of the feminine. And even if you don't want to think past lives, think about women. Like in Canada, where I am, women just recently got to vote. Like my great great grandmother didn't vote. So we were silenced. We weren't allowed to speak. There's places, I have viewers, readers who are still living in places where women don't have rights. This is not just a spiritual closet conversation. This is the feminine conversation. And so we just got to keep pushing through. We just got to keep showing up and we got to keep being present and facing ourselves and finding people who get it. Like I am so blessed to have a group of women feminine beings who hold me when i am experiencing things like the the return of the persecution wound like i've been feeling with my podcast so get get all your tools and use them okay so i'm looking ahead now i'm getting through these questions slowly it looks like okay i'm going to answer two more and then I'm going to put another pin in this so I can get back to some more tasks, but I will return for a third and final installment of the Q&A's for you guys because I promise you guys and I really appreciate you guys giving me these questions and being interested and valuing what I have to say. Um, okay. Another question is, how do you not get lonely? And this kind of wraps into the one I had just spoken on because my group of friends is so important and so valuable to me. But I didn't always have friends who got it. When I first started my website, I didn't have anyone who understood me. I would go on forums and I would find people the same way some people are finding me. A lot of you might have found me because no one in your circles Understood you, but my I'm getting like the best feeling in my heart right now. But my friends, my support system right now, the only reason they're in my life is because I just started. You know who you are if you're listening, but one, both of them found me through my blog. One found me through a blog post, and one found me, I think it was through one of my courses, my free courses, and we've connected and and like their soulmates but I would never have found them had I not shown up and been myself because we can't draw to us people who are like us if we're not ourselves we're going to draw to us false people false people who aren't like us people who are also wearing masks and that doesn't feel good being an entrepreneur in general you are by yourself a lot of the times there's co-working spaces you can go to in bigger cities um but there's there's a lot of people now who are recognizing like the silos we fall into as entrepreneurs and they're creating courses or creating spaces like meetups and stuff I know one of my coaches is starting to do that to help entrepreneurs build up collaborations and so that's pretty cool so you can find things like that online to help with the loneliness but also what my spirit's wanting me to say is connect with your higher self because you can't be lonely if you realize your team though non-physical is always there um what else what else helps me not feel lonely um i talk about g i think uh gerald something i can't think of his last name he's a a rapper and when I was first starting I listened to him on repeat there's a one song it's called rebel and there's a line in it it's like I'm a rebel to the system because the system sucks and that was an activator in me but I listened to him because he got it he understood the work that It took to create and and be successful and so just having him in my ears felt like he got it so so who are those people in your life who are the influences in your life could you put their podcasts on could you listen to their music could you go to their events could you get in their courses could you watch their youtube videos could you be in their energy because you'll you you won't feel as lonely But okay, and then the last thing my spirit's wanting me to say on this question is that the loneliness can be an asset. So when you're first starting, it's very good to not have anyone around you telling you what you should or should not do. Like for my Empaths and Business course, that six-week course, I tell people in the welcome email, like spend these couple days resting and setting boundaries because when you come into the course... I need you in your own head and heart space. I need you to be able to show up for yourself for 30 minutes to an hour every day, Monday to Friday, to build your business, not the business your mom wants you to have, not the business your husband thinks you should have, not the business society thinks you should have, the business you are here to have. And that takes boundaries and, and boundaries with self with to, to say, you know what, I'm going to be by myself for a little while. I'm going to figure this out for a little while. It's an asset. I'm now engaging in in circles and like in different collaborations and stuff, but it took me being on my own for a very long time to get to this place. So there's a lot out there that says loneliness is bad. Challenge that because it's not. It can be an absolute asset to building what you want to. Okay, I'm gonna look for one more question, Um, a really good one for the last question. Okay okay. This is a very good one. So how do you handle people who need your help, but can't afford your help because of other life situations you're aware of? Okay. Martyrism. There's a wound and carry. It is the martyr wound. It is the one that's like, I will die for you. And it shows up in very sneaky ways. And one of them is I will serve you and not get paid because I know you're going through something. And though that looks admirable from like an external view, you cannot support people if you cannot support yourself. And it takes money to support yourself. You need to eat, you need to sleep, you need to look after your babies, you need to support your household, you need to grow your business, you need to get the trainings you want, the, your trainings you need you need to get the coaching you want and need and when you're not putting yourself first you're murdering I see this a lot and I did this it's just like bartering or I will I'll reduce this for you because you're going through something and that I was gonna say that's an empath thing it's not that's a wounded empath thing you're still trying within you to validate yourself by how good you can be to someone by how much you can feel for someone the best thing to do when someone can't afford to pay your fees like if someone can't afford to pay for my business course then i'm not going to be like okay no worries i'll give it to you for 200 bucks like i used to with my courses i'm gonna send them love from my heart send them sacral chakra energy from my sacral chakra and I'm going to really advocate for them from an energetic space for them to take their power back for them to do what they need to to get the money because the most empowering thing in this world is our ability to create a reality, to create our next steps, to know, to know how to manifest. And when you take that away from people by reducing your fees and not asking them to rise to the occasion, you drop to their level. And it's not a bad thing in the sense of like their level is lower than you. It's just, it's not where you're supposed to be. It's not alignment for you. So you drop to their level and you rob them of the ability to learn to be empowered, to learn to take their power back. There's no situation people cannot rise from. And that was really hard for me at first because I understand things like the social hierarchy, the social dynamics, how we are at very unfair advantages and disadvantages in terms of race, gender, health, ability, all of that. I get that. I do and I get it very strongly. But I also understand energy and I understand that if I, as a woman, want to be a millionaire, my route to becoming a millionaire is going to be very different than a man standing next to me and the route he's going to take. My route as an empath, someone who is, in quotations, disadvantage in terms of like uh the world we live in because the world we live in is not an emotional world the world we live in is a very logical world so the way I'm gonna get to that million dollars as an empath can be very different than someone who's gonna get there with the more of that logic skill set that doesn't mean we're not gonna get there and the most disempowering thing that I could do that someone could do for me is say you know what don't don't worry about being a millionaire don't 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 even try Like, what does that do for me? That doesn't allow me to reach my potential. That cuts me off. That cuts me down. We have to recognize that and recognize where a lot of the wounds, the helper wounds come from, the helper versus helpless. No one's helpless. And if you are walking through life thinking that you're here to help everyone, then you're coming from a hierarchy view of you are better than that only you can help them and that's that's an ego thing at its core it's disguised as being a good person as being a helper my spirit's really free i'm getting exhausted with this question so it's it's very much coming through but you i don't i lost i lost my train of thought um oh it's disguised as being a helper but it's actually coming from a very wounded place within you as well so recognize that, recognize that everyone has the ability to rise to the occasion and people do not change or rise to the occasion unless they absolutely have to. We like our homeostasis, which is like we like to be, to be steady as human beings. And that's why our spirit teams usually have to come in and shake us up to get us to move forward. And so same with the people, if they're in life situations that you're aware of that they can't buy your course or buy your coaching well then you're not the course creator or the coach for them can you support them in some other way like if you are they're in your neighborhood could you make bake them cookies or something yes if that's not your business but if you're in business and you have to meet numbers to keep your business going because you have expenses and you have people hired on then you can't give handouts and that's the reality of being in business we go into this in depth <laughs> in depth in the empaths and business course because this situation runs rampant and we can find all the reasons why we need to lower ourselves to people and again it's not like lower ourselves because they're at a lower negative level it's dropping out of alignment with who we really are and what we bring to the table, there's so many ways that can show up and all of us fall trapped to it until we recognize what's really going on underneath. And it's always deeper. It's always rooted in an ego or lack of self-worth that we outsource to other people to be the better person, to be the, the, the helper person, but it's coming from a very wounded place. So when you're in business, you can't give handouts. You can't give barters. If you can't sustain yourself, once you grow, once you once you start, you know, really bringing in the money, you can start foundations. You can donate to different places, but you can't do that until you're empowered, and that's a big part of my teaching. So we do go into it in depth in the course. So I'm gonna leave you here. Uh, that last one really took me, <laughs> took my energy, but we will talk soon. And yes i am very grateful once again to be able to show up for you in this way so i hope you have a lovely day and signing off